0: The first home buyer process can be overwhelming as you know that you want to own your own home but it feels so out of reach and with the cost of living, the balance of socializing and the pressure from family, you feel that it's impossible to get ahead. Today we talk about what the best strategy is to achieve your dreams.
1: You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langdar.
0: Real Estate Right is a valuable service to those who don't do real estate every day. It gives you the tools to be one step ahead of the rest, the confidence to make a transaction, and it gives you a no regrets attitude when it comes to buying, selling, renting, and investing. We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. David Johnston is the founder and managing director of propertyplanning.com.au, which he started in 2004. And he's the co-host of the podcast, The Property Planner Buyer and Professor.com.au with Kate Bakos and Peter Klesos author of multiple books, including How to Succeed with Property to Create Your Ideal Lifestyle, which we will tell you how you can get a free copy at the end of this podcast, as well as Property for Life, Using Property to Plan Your Financial Future. David and his team have pioneered property planning and mortgage strategy. They are passionate about educating and empowering professionals and families to create their own personalized property plan, mortgage strategy, and money management system. He believes in fiercely independent advice, and his company provides what he calls pure planning. Property Planning Australia is the first company in Australia to produce independent property advice without earning fees from buying or selling property, investments, insurance or super products. It truly is independent advice. Welcome, David. How are you?
1: I'm really well, thanks, Sue. Great to be here.
0: Great. Thanks for coming in. Now, David, how old were you and how did you come to buy your first home?
1: Uh, I was about 25. Yeah. Like and me. I, yeah, same age as you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'd left uh, a major bank and actually gone into the fledging industry of mortgage broking. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just saved up cash. I um, was ready to buy a property and, um, yeah, managed to secure one. Um yeah, after a few few attempts.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's it's not easy to make that first attempt, is it? Because your nerves are a bit all over the place, but you get there in the end, don't you? You do. You yeah. Do. <laughs> now, getting on to 1st home buyers, where should 1st home buyers first start when thinking about buying a home? Because it's all about the planning, isn't
1: it? Uh, absolutely. It's all about the property planning. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I think, first of all, you want to, yeah, have a plan. What are you, what are you trying to achieve? Um, what are your goals? So, you know, property is one of the only asset, the only asset class that we live in. And that mm-hmm. adds a whole another level of complexity to property decision-making because you can invest in property, but we also live in property. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the starting points is to get clarity on whether your purchase is going to be a home or an investment. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, just even working through that process um, can take a bit of time. And if you don't have clarity on which direction you're going to go, well, that can cause a lot of time wasting or confusion or even yeah. get uh, you can end up caught between um, both and that can cause you to make a poorer property decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the thing is you can also do, you can live in it but also have a border or something, couldn't you? So you could make it an investment at the same time.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. But,
0: but on paper, it's your principal place of residence. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. I certainly did that um, yeah. uh, with my first property, and my second property uh, had yeah. fr- uh, f- uh, friends live live with me, and um, you know, obviously, help pay the mortgage. And well, that's yeah. what you
0: want, yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so you suggest that you should start with the end in mind, obviously, by developing your, your property plan. Um, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, if you're talking about first-time buyers, we tend to map out a plan and a simulation of over mm-hmm. 10 years. And so talk about, okay, well, where would you like to be in 10 years' time? Mm. Um, what stage of life are you at at the moment? And um, and then work backwards because your first property is so critical to it either set you up to Mm. um, build and create wealth and head towards probably your long-term family home uh, because most people aren't able to purchase their long-term family home with their first purchase um, or it can really hold you back if you make the wrong decision. So Mm. that's why we talk about looking ahead um, with, Perhaps when we're working with families with our property, property planning, we might look at a simulation all the way through to age 65. And it depends mm. on your age as yeah. well. Um, but if it's younger, if 20s, you know, maybe even early 30s, we might just map out 10 years and then work back. Because if we understand where we want to be in 10 years' time, then we can work backwards to what's the right decision today um, mm. to get us to where we want to be in 10 years' time.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. So how important is it to determine where you want to buy before deciding what to buy? So suburbs versus style of home. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think, again, that depends on what your longer term plans are. So, for example, if you have visions of living in a certain location um, but you don't own property there, but it's a location that historically has grown quite rapidly in value, Mm. Um, then if you buy in a location that historically hasn't had the same performance, you might mm. be locked out of ever getting into that ideal location that yes, you want to get yeah. into down the track. So this is certainly a key consideration that we work through with a lot of first time buyers Yeah, is, you know, and that again connects to looking down the track. So, you know, I live in the inner Eastern suburbs of Melbourne, mm. um, but I did grow up in regional Victoria. Um, yeah. But <laughs> um, so, if uh, we're working with people who first time buyers who'd like to get into that location, then we would talk to them about considering whether their first property needs to be in and around the location where they'd like to be living long term. So yeah. they keep pace with the property cycle. Yeah, so that's an that's an example. But yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, for instance, if you like love Elwood St Kilda area, um, maybe consider a a one bedroom apartment. Maybe no parking. It's going to cost you maybe three hundred and fifty thousand dollars now, but you're in the area, you're in the lifestyle, and in five years time, you might be able to go to that two bedroom or that you know little Victorian cottage or or something like that.
1: Yeah. Precisely. Exactly. So my journey was you know two bedroom unit in Q East. Uh, a townhouse in Kew, um, then, you know, semi-detached in Hawthorne East yeah, and sort of go from, so that, that you know, that was sort of my initial um, yes. stepping stone. So, yeah. yeah, but again, it depends on what's right for you. You know, I've also mm-hmm. sent examples where people have um, fallen into the trap Maybe through some you know property spruikers um, yeah. or <laughs> setting <laughs> the wrong path, and they haven't looked down the track, and they've bought in say a different capital city to where they yeah. want to live, and that capital city has moved forward on a different cycle and a, a slower yeah. growth cycle, and they haven't actually been able to get into their own capital city. So there's yeah that that that's just one yeah a couple of considerations. Yeah, yeah
0: fair enough. So what are some good strategies when it comes to saving?
1: When it comes to saving, I think, um, you know, have a plan as well. Have a, have a money management system. So yeah. we work with our clients to set up a money management system, have different buckets. Um, yeah. So we have a grow bucket where all your fixed um, necessities are automatically debited out of and your salary and all income goes yeah. into it. Then a life bucket um, where you have a budget of money go across to it each week for variable necessities. So that might be Mm things like petrol, things like petrol, groceries. Um, So the things that you you need, but you pay for um, ad hoc. And then the fun bucket, um, which... (laughs) I have a fun bucket gotta have a fun bucket everyone needs a fun bucket <laughs> yeah. we're not using it as much as we um, used to in lockdown in melbourne yeah. but
0: uh, there should be your savings bucket right now
1: <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean australians are saving at a faster rate than they ever have on uh, on yeah. record right now but so and then the fun bucket and so you have a budget and um up, updated each week so there's an automatic debit across and you actually can see how much you're spending on a weekly basis. We find if you push it out to a monthly that yeah. you can lose track of your spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you have a goal, whatever your goal is, whether it's to save 10% of your income, 20% of yeah. your income, whatever it is, you know, have a goal for if you're a first-time buyer, what do I need to save to get into my property? What's my likely property purchase price? Yeah. Um, you know, Pay all bills as soon as you receive them. Yeah. Um, if you get a pay rise, keep a fair chunk of the pay rise, don't just yeah. spend it all. So there's some, there's some little tips. I mean, yeah. you know, we all, we're, we've, we're a little bit beyond first time buyers, suit, you and I. Yeah, um, we are. Well, <laughs>
0: like, when I started, I was lucky enough to be working in a real estate agent as their advertising manager. And I asked if I could do some copy on the side and he said, yeah, that's fine. You know, the boss said it was fine. So I did that. Learned the uh the process of, of, of writing copy and, and under the wing of, of the agent I was working for yeah. and I was you know saving every single dollar of that copywriting money and I I actually bought my first place off the plan so I had right. um, what did I have from September through to April to to essentially pay for it, the whole thing yeah. um, l- luckily at the time stamp duty oh, I didn't have Oh, g s t hadn't come in yet, so right, I nice. didn't get any first home buyer grants, which they offered as soon as you know I think it was yes, July that yeah. year, so I missed out by two months, um, oh three months yeah <laughs> yeah, but um, my stamp duty was on the land component, which was only ninety thousand dollars of the land, and so that was like eighteen hundred dollars instead of ten thousand dollars or something, yeah. so it was like yeah Yay, I didn't have to pay for this big chunk of stamp duty um but I managed to save something like thirty-three thousand dollars within probably oh, twelve months.
1: Wow! Yeah. So, effort, which is probably the yeah. same as saving fifty or sixty thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. To, in now. today's money,
1: yeah, with inflation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that was because I just put, you know, just worked so mm. hard for twelve months just yep. to make make it happen. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to have that that focus to if you want it that badly you need to make it happen
1: 100 <laughs> percent. i mean that's one of the great things about having a mortgage is it's forced repayments that yeah. you need to make and you yeah, know, i was similar like i wanted my parents had assisted with putting me through uni and living in melbourne and i yeah. wanted to start work full-time and not have to have any assistance from them so i actually started work full-time at one of the major banks while I was still doing my final semester and final exams yeah. of university and I did
0: I did the same I, I worked yeah. at the age newspaper for right. the, my last six months of of uh, my media studies degree and yeah you know, because of like well I'm in the media now yay mm. um, but yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be that one step ahead of everybody else getting out of uni and I'm yeah. sure you're the same
1: yeah yeah and and I was the same too that I had a second job for probably the first 12 to 24 months, something like that. Yeah. And then I got a bit tired of, you know, there was a patch there I reckon I worked 21 days straight and yeah. um, things like we'll work, that. No but play. Yeah. <laughs> Managed to get a little bit of play in, I think. But, um, yeah. but, but it's yeah, things you know. have to do yeah.
0: to get ahead. Yeah.
1: You've got to and sacrifice. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So you've got to think of the long term. And, and I guess with a lot of, I suppose, what, Millennials these days, they sort of um, think everything just happens and it doesn't.
1: Yeah, no. You've got to
0: make it work. Yeah. You
1: do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: 100%. Essentially, once you're really looking at um, buying a new property, why is a mortgage strategy more important than the in- interest rate?
1: Yeah, so the mortgage strategy is vital. It's something we've like, really pioneered is this concept of mortgage strategy It mm-hmm. is you know, you can get a great interest rate anytime. Okay. So you can select any lender and you can get the interest rate, but you can only determine your mortgage strategy up front um, prior to selecting your lender. Not every lender will suit your mortgage strategy. And particularly so with mortgage strategy, we break it into five key categories. You can optimize and preserve tax deductions. Mm -hmm. Um, your money management system, which you just spoke about. So some lenders will offer multiple offset accounts. Some will only offer one offset yeah. account. So, you know, your money management system interacts with your mortgage. Um, you, how you manage risk. I mean, our mortgage is our largest debt. It's our mm. biggest commitment. It just makes sense. It's the place we should really focus on managing risk, um, mm. you know, through buffers, through fixed rates, through making sure we've got surplus cash flow. You know, your repayment strategy is a critical way of managing risk. Um, you can optimise your ability to hold property, which is really critical to your first purchase. Um, mm. And, you know, as you accumulate future properties, um, if you want to build a portfolio. Um, so, so particularly with your first purchase, um, if you think you, it won't be a long-term home, but you'd like to optimise your ability to try and keep it, Actually, counterintuitively, you don't want to be paying down the debt more than you have to because that debt, the interest on it will become future tax deductions. Yeah. So the the fifth component, fifth category is offset accounts. So you can actually, an offset account for first-time buyers in particular is the same as a repayment in the sense that every dollar that goes into the offset account reduces the interest payable on the mortgage the same as if you paid into the loan directly but because you're not paying into the loan directly you're not paying down the interest but you're building up your savings so that Mm. those savings could go towards your future home so you have less debt on your future home but you also you actually have preserved the loan balance of your first property which becomes an investment property down the track and therefore you have more tax deductions which actually makes it more affordable to keep your first property when you move on and it means you have less debt on your future home. So that actually can add up to hundreds and thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars of yeah. savings over your lifetime and it's not a concept that's understood by mm. a lot of mortgage professionals let alone consumers or first time buyers.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. But, it is a strategy, isn't it? It's Yes. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people yeah. just go in blindfolded and and just let it let it all happen, and, it, and there's ways you can make it work for you better. That's for sure.
1: There are. There's plenty. There's a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. How long should the process take from starting to save to looking at buying?
1: Look, I think um, as soon as you can um, go from saving to buying, the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it can it, look. It depends on your rate of saving and your purchase price, really. So it depends on your own situation, but I would say, you know, set a lofty goal, um, Mm. you know, and try to get there as quickly as you can uh, because we know that history suggests the property market outpaces our ability to save um, Mm. and gross property has historically grown at about two or 3% greater than inflation. um, Mm. And salaries tend to move up around with the pace of inflation. So, um yeah so I just say get there as fast as you can (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it's not easy but as Uh, I said we need we need to stay focused that's what we mm. need to do
1: (laughs) well you did you did it in what was it six months 12 months
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so how much should we save for the deposit
1: so I think you know as a general rule yeah you should save around 15 percent um, mm-hmm. so if you're borrowing 95%, which is what many lenders will lend you up to, plus the mortgage insurance, yeah. um, you need 5% to cover that, um, a shortfall, you need about 5% ballpark, probably less as a first time buyer because of most first time buyers will get discounts, but call it 5% for stamp duties, purchase costs. Yeah. And then you want to have at least 5% in the bank account because you don't want to be, um, uh, Broke when you settle on yeah. the home and the car yeah. breaks down, or the um, you need to replace the washing machine, put furniture yeah. in your house. So I'd say about fifteen percent um, is almost like. Is
0: that including? Sorry, the the government handouts or is that not included?
1: Well, look, if you if you have the government handouts, um, you might need less. You know, so it depends. Okay. That's assuming there's minimal government handouts. You know, so if you're buying an established property you know, you're not, maybe not getting a lot of stamp duty um, re- relief, then, yeah. So, but it, it, it depends. If you're getting, you know, buying off the plan and you're getting um, minimal stamp duty, you know, then you might only need 5% or 7%. So it really yeah. depends on your situation, but you probably need between 5 and 20%. You definitely want, you know, probably at least 5% in the bank account Mm. proportionally to the value of your property after you settle to pay for um furniture and just have a buffer mm. which is really important yeah. um so somewhere between 5 and 20% but um yeah i'd say if you put a number around it say at least you want $20,000 in the bank yeah um or 10 to 20 after you settle
0: yeah yeah, it's it's a lot of money. It's a lot of it's it's hard hard for a lot of people to save that kind of money, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, it is. It's, yeah, it's why the Bank of Mum and Dad's the sixth or fifth largest lender in the country now.
0: Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. that's nice. My mum and dad yeah. didn't do that.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get any help either. <laughs> I mean, you got help just towards my first property. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, well, more and more common now.
0: Yeah. Well, my 19-year-old son is is heavily. Working on his his stock portfolio, he got it up to about forty grand last week, and then it dived down to eight or something.
1: Um, oh, really?
0: Yeah. Boy. So, but it was it went up to forty within a matter of days. Yeah. Like it went from from I think ten or eleven thousand up to forty grand within three or four days, and then it dropped down. Right. I oh, should have, you know pull that out (laughs) when it looks like it's too good to be true you should have pulled it out and oh but I was worried about the tax and things and I'm like mate you know put the tax away doesn't matter like one out (laughs) so
1: it's actually a good example of some of the risks if you're going to invest in shares with your savings on the way to buying your first property because shares are absolutely good long-term investment but they're more volatile Mm. uh, generally than property yeah, so it's yeah. something to be aware of for first-time buyers. Oh
0: yeah. yeah, Yes, He's he's nineteen, so we'll give him a couple more years to.
1: <laughs> no, good on him. Yeah, good on him. Good yeah. lessons to be learning at nineteen.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Now, should we be aiming for the family home or something smaller as our first home?
1: Yeah, oh. I think um, I think look, the we call the being able to buy the family home as your first home is the holy grail. Yeah. Um, look, if you actually can pick a family home that you're confident you'll be able to live in for the rest of your life, now that's a hard thing to be confident in.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, you actually then have a much simpler investment strategy moving forward mm. um, because you can just focus on investing and paying down your mortgage. Whereas most people probably average buying around three, two to three homes on average over their lifetime because we usually have to go through stepping stone homes or we maybe, you know, end up not happy with a home. Um, So I think it's about um, considering can you afford what will be your acceptable long-term home? Yeah. And that probably depends a lot on where, you know, if you're living in regional Australia, maybe yes. If you're in a capital city, it might be harder. Mm. Um, So... Yeah, it it comes back to your own personal goals and your long-term plans. Mm. Um, So if you can achieve that, great. But if you purchase a property that is, you know, you go all out but it's not going to achieve that, then you want to consider the investment potential of that first property. Because if it's not going to be the long-term home, then you've really got to think about the investment potential because if it is a property that's not going to provide a good, Good capital growth, probably, yeah. or um, rental return, if it's going to become an investment property, then you might be holding yourself back and costing yourself financially a lot long term.
0: Mm. Yes, I could, I, I've recently had a uh, a podcast with a, an accountant about negative gearing, and and he said sometimes it, it's it's not for everybody. You know, negative gearing, no. you think it is, but it's not. So yeah. yes, I can. I understand where you come from when you when you talk yeah. about that. It's um, it could cost you money, that's for yes, sure. Yeah, but yeah. the reality is it's all about the long-term strategy, isn't it? You've got to have that yeah. in place.
1: The further you can look forward into the future, and obviously easier said than done and it's, it's harder when we're younger, Yeah. Um, the more likely we're going if, to, if we then consider our decision today, we're more likely to make a decision that's good for us today, but also good for us in 5 to 10 years. Yeah. And one of the reasons that's really important is because properties in Australia is so expensive to get in and out of. Mm. So if you make a mistake, it's a really costly mistake to get out of because of stamp duties, buying, selling costs, mm-hmm. um, and if you've missed out on capital growth. So that's why in property in particular, um, you need to look further down the track. Yeah. Um, in, yeah, because it's so costly to unwind.
0: Yes, I can imagine. Okay, so we will have a short break and come back with more from David Johnson from Property Planning Australia. When we come back, we will talk about savings goals, who you should befriend throughout the process, and what government schemes are available. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langeder, and I'm on today with David Johnson from Property Planning Australia. So, David, if we have a savings goal of, say, five years, how much extra should we be adding to our savings goal, knowing that the market will rise?
1: Yeah, look, Sue, so I've just um, done some simple numbers. Yeah. Um, so, if someone was looking at a property today worth $500,000 yeah. and assuming it would grow at 5%. Yeah. Over the next five years uh, that would make the property um, sale price six hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars yeah that's expensive. so yeah
0: yeah yeah mm. so essentially you need to add an extra hundred thousand dollars to your savings goal
1: yeah well one hundred thirty eight but thankfully if you can borrow um, you know eighty or ninety five percent of that yeah you don't have to save all of it but so, if you're saving 15% of the purchase price, yeah. it, it comes back to 15% of 500 is 75,000, mm-hmm. um, whereas 15% of 638,000, I know very um, boring numbers, yeah. but um, uh, you've got to understand the numbers. It and- makes sense. <laughs>
0: it, it, it puts it all into perspective. So, the 638, yeah. 15% of 638 is what?
1: seventy-five uh, plus thousand and then 15% of 638 is 95,700. In- so you need to save yeah an extra 20. extra $20,000 which is an extra about well it's 26.67% extra so <laughs> round it out extra 25%. Yeah. Um you know so it's it's a fair chunk. Yeah. of extra money yeah that you need to save. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So like if you're buying in a partnership for instance you could live on one person's income and save the other. Yeah. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, good strategy. If you're buying with a partner. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people do that. As long
0: as you love your partner that much and, and (laughs) if you you know, the long-term things happening.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You always, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and if um, it's important, if you're looking to buy the partner and you're still, well, you know, who knows what can happen, you yeah. should have an agreement in place,
0: yeah, a
1: buy sell agreement, so you understand if things do go in a different direction,
0: yeah,
1: you know, the same as if you're buying with friends or family, yeah, um you know how how is it you've got an agreement of what would look like yeah, you have an you exit have strategy, yeah that's as yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yes,
0: exit strategy <laughs> yeah. organized as soon as you sign yeah. that mortgage off, yeah,
1: yeah. Before you sign the mortgage. Before you sign the
0: mortgage. (laughs) Before you sign the house. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So who will be your best friend through the process of buying your first home?
1: It's always going to be... Well, I'm going to be biased. I'll say a a strategic mortgage broker.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) um, Or property planner. You know, I think, look, for most people, a strategic mortgage broker is going to guide them on, you know, how does a mortgage work? How do you structure your loans? repayment strategy, how does it interact with your banking, you know, how does the purchasing process work, you know, all the, all the you know, a, a good strategic mortgage broker yeah. will um, talk, take you through all those kinds of things. We also offer a property planning service, as we've touched on, which is yes. unique, you know, something we've created, but I just found it crazy that there was a whole financial planning industry and no property planning industry mm. when, you know, it's the greatest asset in Australia, you know, its value is two to three times greater than the share market. Mm. So, you know, yeah, you know, a strategic mortgage broker or a property planner is going to guide you through that journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's got to be a good one.
0: And yeah. Cause you want it to all make sense. Don't, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's so much to understand.
0: Yeah. So what other professionals should also be on your side?
1: Well, I think a good podcast, yeah, you know there's plenty of <laughs>
0: plenty of those around,
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of good property podcasts, yeah, around now, so um they're good to listen to yes. for education, yes, um just like this one and and we've got one as well, yes, um and uh yeah, look, befriend your, the agents, definitely befriend the agents yeah. um in the areas you're looking to buy, yeah
0: yeah it's amazing yeah. how many agents will keep you in mind when it comes to oh here's a great you know two bedroom apartment um this would suit you know Jack and Jill and yeah. um you know it's it's probably right the right price point for them. I'm just hoping that they're ready to buy you know and yeah.
1: Yeah. um yeah. And, they, and you know, agents are people just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're friendly with them, they're more likely to look after you. Yes. And if you treat them as an adversary, yes. they're, they're probably not going to look after you as, as much. And, yeah. You know, so um, definitely befriend the agents. I mean, there's buyer's agents if you're going to pay someone a fee to actually select the property. Yeah. For you. you know, we have a service where we um, review properties for clients and, and educate them on the property selection strategy yeah. called Property Select. Yes. Um. So, you know, I think listen to your parents and, and family, uh, but do it with a grain of salt.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, I can tell you when I bought my first house, my dad was a builder and an architect, so he thought he knew everything. And yeah. I was choosing between two off-the-plan uh, homes in the area, one was a side by side townhouse. The other one was a, a dual occupancy with, with a shared driveway to a, a back townhouse, essentially. And there was about forty thousand dollars between the two. And my dad's going, "Oh, you need to go for the one with behind." And I'm like, "Dad, I don't like the way the floor plan works. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, you the living space ends up being hallways kind of thing. like it wasn't yeah. definitive living spaces kind of thing." And yes um where the other one was like a hallway down the middle and everything off the side and open to a big open plan at the back and it was also my own title it was all these you know added extra things and I ended up buying the one with the um the side by side The spent forty thousand dollars more and my dad goes oh you should have bought the other one yeah then three as dads do, as dads do, and then three years later, I sold the place for two hundred thousand dollars more than what I paid for it. And he said, "Oh, those people shouldn't have paid that much money. That's ridiculous. They shouldn't have got that money." I'm
1: like,
0: <laughs> "Dad, I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't." <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Well done. Yeah. Well, I thought that was going to be a story of we did a on our podcast recently, yeah. um, the biggest mistakes we've made, and. Kate uh, talked about listening to her dad and how much that cost her. Yes. Um, So you you at least still followed your instinct and didn't listen. Yeah. (laughs) And it paid
0: off. It paid off that time, yes. So now what government schemes are available to us in Victoria? Is there much going on at the moment or is it a bit?
1: Well, look, the, the best way to find out what government schemes are available to you is speak to your strategic mortgage broker, you know, your lender, your property planner. Also just simply Google your state and first home buyer schemes. Mm. And you know, it won't take you too long. And and then you can also say so state revenue officers will provide the information. Yeah. Um, the federal government provides some incentives as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they vary from state to state. Yeah. Um, but you know, get it from your trusted advisor. And and also look it up online. It, it won't, it's not too difficult to find what's available. You know, for example, some of what's available is there's a 10,000 first homeowner grant available when you buy or build yes. your first new home mm-hmm. in Victoria. Um, there's $20,000 if it's a new home built in regional Victoria. Okay. So there's a greater incentive if um, it's in regional Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're... Um, house, town, house, apartment or unit or similar is um, valued at 750000 or less, um, then the property uh, will have um, some reductions in stamp duty as well. So yeah. there's some, yeah. So There's, there's some great so, schemes.
0: Um, yeah. But at the same time, you need to be aware that those schemes change relatively regularly. So you really need to be on top of it, don't you?
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, make sure you're on top of it and know what precisely um, suits you yes. and fits
0: you. And yeah. and also when you buy and when you settle, it could be completely different to when those incentives are allowed. Is that
1: true? Potentially, yeah. So have a look at if it's based on the sign-on date of the purchase. Yeah. Um, if there's any um, uh, yeah end date clause. Yeah. Um as well. And also just be conscious, you know, be careful not to just buy something off the plan or a new property because you think you're getting a discount because of the first home grant. Yeah. Um because often the developer or the property people will have built in extra um buffers on the sale price.
0: Because they know do... you're
1: getting it. Yeah. Yeah, and because they know you're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why newer properties are less likely to provide the same level of capital growth as well, so it might actually cost you in the long run, um, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a whole other subject that we might be touching on touching on in another episode. Yes <laughs> I think
0: so. yeah, at what stage of the savings goal should first home buyers actually look at viable properties to buy?
1: yeah, look, so I would say right from the start, yeah. Um, yeah, right from the start, because you want to know what properties are actually selling for. So a little tip, don't look at the asking price. Yeah. Google sale prices. Okay. Um, and get clear on sale prices because even to be able to set your savings goal, you need to know what sort of property you want to buy mm. and what they're selling at. So you, you actually need, so I would say, you know, cause you almost can't be too clear on the property. Yeah. type and style and location that you want to buy mm. um you know it's not saying go and uh, go to every open for inspection and mm. you you know you're not going to hit your target for three years yeah. but start you know at least know what they're selling for yeah um the property type and start educating yourself yeah as early as you can
0: yeah so essentially if we're going to go from day one, should we have an emotional strategy? So that is like take away the emotional pull when looking and look for the practical elements like the function of the floor plan, the added extra value things like has it got heating, has it got um, an alarm system, has it got solar panels, um, storage yep. facilities, parking, yep. and see yep. what you can buy at that price point. Do you think that's a good Yeah. Strategy?
1: Definitely. I, I think um, what you want to be looking for, it's different between a home and investment. Yeah. Um, but know what you want out of a home, you know, um, go through and note down what you actually want. Yeah.
0: You want that um, garage to like, have your little man cave or to store your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you need a man cave, make sure it's, you know, um, part of your search criteria. Yeah. Um. If it's pure investment, then it's it's looking at the, and, and probably for a home as well, what are the parts that can't be changed easily? So it's a functional floor plan. Mm. You know, if you need to knock down walls, well, that's going to come at a, quite a cost. Mm. You know, natural light, you know, that, if you want to, if it doesn't have a lot of natural light, that's going to come at quite a cost. Mm. The orientation, you know, does it have a north-facing backyard is preferable. In Victoria, yeah, Um, the street Mm. presence—you know—so the things um, that you know, where does it sit on the block? Um, It's actually the things that are really expensive, if not impossible to change. Yeah, that you want to be really clear on because they're the things that are going to save you money and make you
0: money. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's it. So thanks so much, David, for an amazing episode about first home buying. There is so much to talk about. Um, we actually have David coming on again in three weeks' time to talk to us about the pros and cons of buying off the plan for first home buyers. But now, David, do you have any special offers for Real Estate Right listeners?
1: We sure do, Sue. Yeah. Um, it, we have uh, – I wrote an ebook book uh, a few years ago. Yes um so we can provide that to all your listeners yeah I um yeah so it's uh how to create your ideal lifestyle um through property yes. and um the seven critical mistakes to avoid
0: yeah so what's your website they can get access from
1: yeah so uh we've got an ebook on our website which is propertyplanning.com.au yes um, which all your listeners can download uh, for free yep. and have a read of it. Yeah. And uh, it'll certainly help them along their property journey. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. So besides your website, is there any other way we can get in touch with you?
1: Um, yeah, you can call us um, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. And uh, we have a Facebook uh, page as well, property planning Australia. So, any of any of those ways, uh, feel free to reach out. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. Um, Thanks again, David, uh, from property planning Australia. Uh, your details will be on our show notes as well, but we also will also include your podcast details. So, the property planner, buyer, and which is a mouthful.
1: I know. Yeah, we probably should have shortened that name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's all good. Um, so next week, we have Chris Walsh from Walsh Conveyancing to talk to us about the Section 27 and how we can use it to our advantage. It's a great episode for those who need to strategize their buying and selling processes to create a seamless transition between the old home and the new. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production. hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, Francis Morello from Morello Auctions for our intro and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform. And if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on the podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. So baby, if you want more, up the course,